We are back. Tonight is uh, Wednesday. It's Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday night. Picked East- up trash today. Eastern yep. Conference Finals on the TV right now. 12 to 10. The Miami Heat leading the Celtics. 634 left to go in the opening quarter. Who wins this game? Make your prediction on the record. Um, I want Boston to win because I wanted to even up. I want a real series. I wanted to almost seem too. like they have home field advantages. I really do. Actually, we don't really, get that. I like both of these teams. And I like not like a fan. I just I'm impressed by both of these teams. And I'm just, I, you and I talked about the the Heat last time and just what a good organization they are. Mm. But I'm also rooting for Kemba. I want I would love to see Kemba Walker win an NBA title. So yeah, I, I can go either way in this one. I, I won't be upset either way. But I would I, I'm with you. I, I want the Celtics to win this game tonight. I think this series is supposed to go seven games. So that's what I hope happens. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm with that. You know, I don't really I only care about the Lakers. I don't really care who makes it on the East. They got dropped last night. That's good. Why it's is okay. that good? I mean, be, look, they played lackadaisical. They did not play with energy. They did not play hard. Denver literally out, out hustled them. They played faster than them. LeBron and AD played pretty hard. Well, I'll take that back. AD, AD had two rebounds last night. That's a problem. <laughs> he still scored, what, like 27, 29? You're right. I get it. You're right. He had two <laughs> rebounds last night. Dude, you're seven foot twelve. You should not be pulling down two rebounds ever. Come on. You're not going to win the game? Like, look, if 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 LeBron and, and Anthony Davis don't show up, they're not going to win. And it's plain and simple. They have to play great every game to win. And as you get deeper in the playoffs, you got to do that. And I'm just glad they don't win easily. I want this championship role to be hard because that's how real championship teams are made. You think you're just going to be able to sweep and go in and have to play a team like Miami, which we know Miami's going to be battle-tested. Miami's got heart. They're tough. Not according to <laughs> – They are tough. Miami – Not according to Paul Pierce. Did you see what Paul Pierce said last week or two weeks no, ago? No, no. That right, was two weeks ago. But hold on, but right after the Heat beat the Bucks in uh-huh. the playoffs, Paul Pierce went on TV and said he still doesn't like the Heat. It's I'm, I'm paraphrasing that part. But he's the Heat aren't battle-tested. This is what Paul Pierce said. After they just beat the 52-8 and eight in the, the regular best season – They had the best record in the NBA, right? Right, with the defending two-time MVP Milwaukee Bucks. They just – beating him and Paul Pierce went on television and said I just don't think they're battle tested <laughs> Paul what are you watching what do you mean <laughs> hey man man we all know Paul Pierce is a homer now he is really inside oh, yeah. all oh he Celtics loves his Celtics all the way. yeah no doubt Celtics glory so he's not day. gonna give anybody else major love I guess that that's I don't understand that comment though I would probably it was, disagree it, with it was yeah no it was he's it, gonna have his opinions though and I would never try and challenge anything with him basketball because he's clearly gonna know way more than me only thing I can come from him is a team aspect of what I see what I see I'm not knowing anything about basketball like he would know X's and O's wise right but Miami plays hard and when you get efforts like what the Lakers did, when you have a team literally, they just if they play hard on you and they beat you, that's because of effort. It has nothing to do with other things. You can control effort. So that is what I mean. You have to be able to control effort. Miami, you don't worry about how they play. They always play hard. And you have to be that way if you want to win a championship in the NBA as a team. And that, that includes everybody. Danny Green has to make a shot. They have to, Rondo has to continue to be able to facilitate her and all these other things. And last night, you give credit for Jokic, boy. I mean, Jokic was a baller. Did you see that step back? The step, like, like the, the, first but, of all, that was, how ha- it, that was half fadeaway, half hook shot. Dude, it was like over behind his head I when know. he let that thing go. I know. 
I was like, bro. I tweeted when he did that last night. I tweeted. I said, Jokic is an alien sent here to get buckets. That's what he. That's all he does. And he's just and he does it stone faced. It's just yeah. And he's also frustrated. So Dwight got in his head early. And I think Dwight's trying to play too many games um, between him and Jokic. They also, the referees, man, you know, Jokic falls and stuff, too. He's he's playing it up, too. But those two, uh, Dwight has to play good defense. I think we just, look, it was Denver's night last night. I think the Lakers still win the series. I don't know how many games, but Denver is comfortable being the underdog. They're comfortable being down. All right, they. I didn't even know that they hadn't... This is the first time they led in a, by halftime in the last seven or eight games. So I was like, wow. And then they came back from down 3-1, right? So two, yep. being down 2-0 is nothing to them. It's not, They're in a comfortable position. So anytime you get up, they, you know, they've been down to the Clippers 17 a couple times, and they won those games. So Denver's in a comfortable position of being down. That is what I mean. The Lakers cannot let them just out-hustle them. The Denver is not going to go away. you got to try and put this team down. What would you call it? I, I don't know if you and I talked about this, but I know I talked about it on the radio. When the, when the Raptors were still playing, I said, you know, these championship teams, and this applies to football too, but especially in basketball, the, these championship teams have what I call the cockroach quality. You just can't kill them. That even when they look like they're out, somebody makes a play to tie up the game or to take the lead or to draw a charge or to make an extra pass or something. You know, and it's not the same thing because Denver doesn't have a championship pedigree. They haven't won anything. But it's a similar type quality where you they just don't care that they're losing. They don't care that they're behind. They don't care the odds are stacked against them. Yep. They keep finding a way to make a play. And and I think for some of those guys, like probably Jamal Murray, it has something to do with being as young as he is and just not knowing what he doesn't know. Right? He doesn't know that he's supposed to be afraid of the moment, if, if that makes sense. like he, I, I'm sure on, on a conceptual level, he grasps that it's a big moment. He's just not afraid of it. He's not, he's not afraid of a shot. Right. And you love, and like you and I, we both love a guy who was that way, Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy who couldn't imagine not taking the shot. Like well, in, he in what, was in, mad if he didn't take the shot. That's what I'm saying. Like in his <laughs> mind, it was in what universe would I not take the <laughs> shot? Right. That's that's why I loved him. Yeah. Well, that's what kind of made him who he was. Michael Jordan was the same way. Well, yeah. The, some that's of the, the one way LeBron is different. LeBron is cut I, a little bit different there. LeBron and I, I'm, this is not a criticism necessarily. LeBron's the right basketball play guy in that yeah. situation. Kobe and Mike aren't giving the ball up. Yeah. LeBron's well, gonna make the right basketball play. You know what? Let me tell you something. Something on the slick. Yes, LeBron is going to make the, the right basketball. I think LeBron has to be more of a threat as an outside shooter at times, too. I know he doesn't have to. The way they, you know, they get switches, how he can get to the, the basket the way he can. And you don't really complain about LeBron, but I think um, – it's just amazing. He's been off. I think once they do that, I think he he was a little bit tired. He looked tired too last night. Oh, they look tired for sure. Yeah, yeah. He they looked do, a little tired. Yeah. They look tired. Well, the Lakers but, but are you an know, older the, team. My, my basketball buddy always told me this, though. When you're down by 17, 18 points, you can, I, he's seen a lot of teams make that ground up, make that last run, but it takes so much effort to go over that, to be able to take the lead, to be able to sustain it, keep going and finally finishing that game in basketball because there's so many games of runs. Um, it just takes a lot of energy. And by the end, I thought they kind of messed it up when Rondo fumbled that ball out of bounds. Oh, yeah. When they were making a run and they, they had cut it down to six or four right before, because he still had time. It was in the third, it was early, and then Denver blew it back open. Then they tried to fight. It's, it was back, it's, I loved, anyways, back on Kobe Bryant. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm on my good. soapbox, man. You're, you're good. You're good. I, I'm just a Lakers fan, man. No, I, I totally get it. I do. These, these playoffs have been really good. And sticking with the Lakers for a second, what I thought was interesting, and I pulled the old man routine last night after I talked to you. I watched the first half. and then and I, see, So hold on, hold on. Because... So I'm a Lakers fan. Right. You love you Kobe. I'm Kobe. So me, I grew up loving the Lakers. So I was Oh no no. And then Kobe came to the but Lakers. No, but here's the thing. And it just sugar on top. No, no, I love the Showtime Lakers too. My dad was a Lakers fan for a long time. My it's funny, like my, my dad grew up I don't want to get you off your No, story. you're good. I can do this I can do this quick. You know, dad grew up in the hills, like where kinda of where I grew up a little bit further away and back then he could hear am radio from across the country he would listen to vin scully call dodgers games so he fell in love with the dodgers and then it was a la thing for a while he liked the lakers showtime lakers so it actually stemmed from a real lakers fandom with my dad Mm -hmm. but for me it was i just love kobe now the lakers thing was there you know because again dad liked the showtime lakers and he loves kobe bryant i mean loves kobe Mm -hmm. you know and so that was an easy transition to pick up kobe but when kobe left you know and it was about the time that i got a little bit older got a job started doing adult stuff and I was like you know I I don't really have much connection to the city of LA personally and I just knew it was a Kobe thing that's all it was and and so we have that connection but anyway I digress so the thing about the Lakers is how about Dwight Howard Dwight Howard bouncing around being a pest being a defensive nuisance wasting fouls you know on the glass doing like dirty work that's not the Dwight Howard that you and I know from 10 years ago the guy who was in orlando and wanted to grow his brand and led a team to the nba finals had to be the guy couldn't get along with kobe in la the first time like that's not the dwight howard that you and i grew up on that's a different dude out there yeah and i think they talked about that um the lady that was talking last night i, I, I don't want to say her name doris burke I, I, whoever she whoever did an interview with him and just said oh yeah uh said that he was in a different place uh mentally he was no longer uh selfish in that way he right. just really just wanted to do whatever was best for the team it's not about him and getting this that he he felt that he was uh that you know maybe it was best for the team back then but at the same time he knows who he is I think he's more confident in who he is and I think when you like each other as a team man you're willing to do more for each other and I think this is just another great example um for what all the negative things that people can say about LeBron James um when when he's done when he hangs up when he hangs up the shoes you know you're not gonna have a lot of people say he was a bad teammate and that is appreciative thing that not everybody and not every great player can have can have that said about them and because of that i, I think that's why lebron's gonna be one of the greatest yeah no he is I mean, look, well he is he, one of the greatest he is but that's gonna greatest. be one of the good things and also not even talking about all the stuff he does off the court he's absolutely but speaking of 10 years ago like when you're talking about lebron and kobe there was a point there where that those two were still active and they were both still really good you know kobe was still getting closer to the end but he was still really good and you know the lebron stands were starting to really round into shape where they just got militant as hell and they started getting froggy about how you know lebron was going to be better than kobe that's when they really started chirping a lot mm-hmm. you know and kobe was still the guy you know kobe was still winning two extra championships after shaq and all that stuff and you know they, they never got to meet in the finals like we wanted them to but i kind of got swept up in that with my buddies in particular right because i loved kobe i was a young guy in my 20s and they were they loved lebron and we get into these super heated debates over who was better mm-hmm. i think it was alvin gentry after a playoff game i have to look this up i haven't looked at that in a long time but i think it was alvin gentry after a playoff game was asked something about lebron james and i think the reporter referenced him as being the best player in the game and i believe alvin gentry responded by saying i'm did kobe retire 
what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like best player in the game. Did, did Kobe retire and I didn't know about it? Like that's, you know, so he was in those conversations. And I tell people all the time when he was winning four and five and especially five, remember when it was Bill Simmons and Stuart Scott and Magic Johnson and Michael Wilbon that were doing the NBA studio shows at the finals. And they had the very same conversations back then as, you know, when I'm talking about Kobe's place next to Michael in history is possibly the greatest of all time. Is he going to get there? You know, is he going to get six like Mike? And I'm like, some of y'all just forget that even though we're having these conversations about LeBron right now, they were having those conversations about Kobe Bryant back in 2010, 2011. Yeah. They were. And, but you, winning heals everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my only answer for it. Oh, yeah. But anyway, by the way, the uh, the reporter that you referenced, I think Allie LaForce, who yeah, was yeah, yeah. Re- I knew she's, she's yeah, fantastic. I knew yes. She's very, very good at her job. And I bring that up mm-hmm. because I know I've seen some some sideline reporters from various networks either, you know. I either, bet it's so interesting that bubble, too. Well, I can't it is. Imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's, I saw Kelsey Riggs from the ACC network was doing a, um, uh, she was doing sidelines from Pittsburgh this past Saturday uh-huh. in an empty stadium, which looked really strange, and others are doing it too. But I got on that thinking about uh, you know the fact that I think some sideline reporters have been taking some flack from people on social media, and they were kind of shining if spotlight they want, on them. If they wanted to stop and be better, then people should start doing what we can to get over this. That I don't understand why we have to keep having these well, conversations. Well, exactly, but you know what? That's, Kyle, but people don't care. I don't on. understand. Anyway. Roman, no, that's perfect. That actually takes <laughs> me into the thing that I told you I I really wanted to talk about and that's social media <laughs> because like you're, you're right like that's so before I came over here I was watching this new documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma and I don't think you've seen it yet no uh, I have not you need to check this out all right so I won't spoil it but I but the thing is it's like stuff we already know and you don't get into the weeds I've noticed this you don't get into the weeds on social media you don't get into back no, and no, forth no, with do people not. you don't not mess with that stuff and I have cut like a good 75% of that out of my <laughs> life over the last year or two it's just not good for you yes it's a ter- it's like terrible for your mental health Yes. But this new documentary on on Netflix, and it's a pseudo documentary because there's also some like fictionalized acting in there to dramatize it a little bit. Right. But this is a story about social media told from the perspective of largely the perspective of, you know, former high ranking employees at Facebook, Google Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I mean, I, there, I'm sure there are others that I'm missing, but like th- these people help build the platforms that have completely transformed the world. Yes. And they're taking you behind the scenes and saying, look, we have been championing all the good things and all the, the ways in which social media has made our lives better and easier and even more sometimes fulfilling. But they're saying, we also need to explain to you the dark side of social media and what it's doing to the world. And like, this is all stuff that we know you're more removed from it because you don't tolerate the stuff on twitter you don't mess with it and god bless you for doing it because that's exactly what you should be doing (laughs) and that's why i've cut so much of it out of my life too but the ways in which these social media and technology companies are i I can't wait to watch this because you were telling me about i'm like dude really well and as as someone not only that but you're saying what they said what they revealed in this document was really interesting go ahead tell the people the thing is like and it's somebody who's about to have a kid like i'm expecting 
founding father. You know, you've got a, you got a handful of little kids around here. And yeah, so you're and the- it's crazy because my kids are very computer. They do all this stuff. They have they know how to do Netflix. They know how to do exactly. But they but I, we do not allow them to have anything social. Our kids are way too young for that, and I wouldn't let mine get into it early. And this, I think this touches on that because I just feel like it's so much bullying and people are real tough online too. Well, there's a and ton people of that. say stuff, all kinds of stuff, and sometimes you don't even know who people are and you just have to be very careful about all this stuff and for people that take it so get hard up and all angry over things that you can't control i I don't understand i don't get it if you're on twitter arguing with people seven eight ten hours a day you have a sickness like you need help that's not healthy to live in that stuff like that oh there's there's plenty that do i I think it's at the core of a a much larger percentage of our problems as Mm -hmm. a people right now than we're willing to acknowledge because nobody likes to acknowledge they talk about things like this on the on the well that's what this is about so that they they nobody likes to acknowledge that they're addicted to something mm-hmm. as a people we are addicted to smartphones and to social media mm-hmm. how often you touch your phone look at your phone think yeah. you felt your phone do something right one of the things that this thing tells you at the end and this is again not a spoiler uh, all these tech experts are saying turn all of your notifications off all of them you know turn them off stop letting that thing nudge you you know and get your attention any more than it already does but it gets to the addiction it gets to you know the the commerce side of it which is what drives it all you know where they've monetized people and our behaviors and our data yeah. and the things that we do like yeah, we're very com- true. we're commodities to them and so yeah. the, every single one of these apps is competing for our attention all the time that's what the, that's that's what they want they want you to stay on the app they want to feed you a little bit more content to keep you sw- like scrolling just a little bit more and to watch one extra video they're competing for your time and for your attention is that what that is oh it's unbelievable the way they've taken advanced psychological methods and theories and applied it to the technology is absolutely terrifying dude because this is this is not just smart people building a powerful thing this is smart people that have built a powerful thing and gave it the autonomy to teach itself about us and that's not good that's not good at all for any of us, man. I'm t- we got. We, I, I, are you a, trying to say this is Terminator, bro? Dude, the robot wars are coming. I've been telling people for years the robot wars are coming if we don't put a stop to this. Pardon my language. Stuff. I was yeah. almost said a bad word. It, they're coming, dude. Because we like Silicon Valley is running the world. Silicon Valley is, is telling two billion people what to think. It's true. It's insane. And. I want to know what's up with this whole TikTok thing, too. Dude, so do you have it downloaded, by the no, way? No, no, I don't. I don't either. I don't my, have TikTok. My so wife does. Uh-huh. And I gave, her, I, I gave her a lot of hell for it in the beginning. I'm like, what are you, a 13-year-old girl? What are you doing? But there's some really good content on TikTok. And yeah, so, it is. They said um, if you just kind of like don't don't like stuff early, it kind of goes away. And then if you you like like cooking meat on the grill, like you'll get a lot of those oh, content. Yeah. You get a whole bunch of other things. This TikTok is the, another example of just how much the decision makers, the power brokers, the you know the establishment politicians don't understand about a massive section of the world they don't understand how these kids think because and and i don't know that i i completely do but like think of what like what's happening with athlete with sports right now you know with athletes using their platform and speaking out when you were playing ball and growing up you didn't have something in your hand that allowed you to spill every thought in your head no not at all Two hundred thousand people at any given moment can you imagine the things you would have said at 20 years old and i mean i'm not even saying they all would have been bad but things that would just make you cringe mistakes you would have made i mean these well, guys not only that but what i would have been trying to crave from that right 
what you would have accidentally liked that somebody would have seen you like you like something on Twitter people can see that yeah it's true you know you got you know athletes and reporters and politicians and all people from all walks of life that are getting themselves in big trouble every single day because they can't handle social media but they're all still addicted to it and can't stop going back to it that's that's the uh, that's the hook they've, yeah. they've got us all completely addicted and I and think about it this way too we're in an election year this is I've never seen more hateful political rhetoric in my life. And I'm not trying to talk politics. I'm just saying, you know how people talk to each other online. Pe- yeah, man. I mean, I was I was doing something uh, for the SEC network earlier and um, we were talking football. That's what we were talking. And we have people always still tuning in talking about Trump 2020. I'm like, well, I thought we were supposed to talk about sports. Why do right. Why they bring that over here in this space? Right. It doesn't make sense. We're not asking for it. I, I don't care who they vote. That's their American right. But still, I thought, because, you know, if it's the other way around, they don't want that. Again, I, I, <laughs> I well, right. You're exactly right. But see, we went from... <sighs> not that this is exactly like it's not a perfect but, but no I, I just only reference that because I know I feel you well that's what I'm saying but it's just uh, it, we went from the information age to the disinformation age and people can't agree on anything so everybody's just cocked and loaded and ready to argue all the time yeah and and that's bled into sports mm-hmm. and and I, I do think that and I said this the other day because the ratings keep coming up now for the NFL or, or, or for the NBA <laughs> And people say, you know, look at this, the NBA or the NFL ratings were down 16% for the Texans and the Chiefs on Thursday night. And then they were down on Sunday night. And then they were down again on Monday night for the doubleheader. But oh, actually, the Bucks and the Saints pulled 20 million viewers that same Sunday. It was a massive number for Fox. Mm -hmm. And then this past Thursday, the following Thursday, the Bengals and the Browns were up like 8% year over year. Mm -hmm. And then I think uh, Monday Night Football, Lewis Riddick posted, I think they were up 31% year over year. Mm -hmm. Now, they, I mean, that, that booth needed to be overhaulled. So, I mean, they, they, they were well, probably going to go up but still the point well, is well not only that but it's a fun t- people I mean it's it's the first game in Las Vegas right it's a lot of factors that go into that too but yes but I, take that I did like that crew though but take that right and then the fact like the NBA uh, the, the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA game two was a 17 year low in NBA ratings okay 17 year low but even though it's a low number, and I think that's something worth talking about, it still dominated the live television schedule on Saturday night for Game 3, you know, where they had like 4.3 million viewers. So the whole media landscape has changed. People cut the cord. Nobody's watching live TV anymore. True. And if they do, they're watching sports. Mm-hmm. And so sports is still dominating all the TV ratings. Yeah. But the numbers aren't the same because people have every conceivable option to be entertained now think about all the things you could watch and you're not like out of the place watching like you don't have bars you don't have like it, we are in a covid time it is right. different so, so we got a, we got a pandemic <laughs> yeah we got like an election year yeah. there's an election year okay we have riots and protests happening yeah because people have, are watching the news all the time correct. and all that stuff too we <laughs> have wildfires impacting major markets on the west coast yes we have had so many hurricanes already they've run out of names and had to go to the greek alphabet for like only the fifth time in history like the, and then we have all the sports on all at the same the nba playoffs were on on labor day that doesn't happen no so you know of course Hockey's this is a, going on too right now but the point of it is getting back to the social media thing but you got that i went on twitter and i saw what was trending the other night right just check this out so the emmys ratings were trending emmys ratings how do you know what's trending is that what you yeah i'll show you okay so i hit what's trending tap on emmys emmys ratings the first link i see says emmys ratings crater down 34 
4% or something since 2017, you know, blah, blah, blah. The very next line underneath it is Emmys dominate ratings Wednesday night for ABC, right? So you have these different spins depending upon the outlet that you're reading. Yeah. One pointing out numbers saying they're down, right? The other pointing out, well, hey, they still dominated live TV the other night, which is technically true. <laughs> Okay, and then they're trying to do the Emmy social distance with nobody there. So who wants to watch that anyway? It's a weird year, but everybody keeps weaponizing this stuff. So if you got like a right-leaning outlet or a left-leaning outlet, you're going to get those different headlines, those different spins, and it's driven everybody insane. So everybody's mad, everybody's arguing, nobody agrees on anything. That's what social media has done to the social fabric of America. Mm. You have to watch this documentary. Like, again, it's things that we already knew. This isn't like some I watched a vegan documentary for the first time and now my life has changed. We already knew a lot of these things, but to see it presented that way, you know, from people who built the shit is unbelievable because I told you, and this is this, again, you know this, but at the end of it, these developers, these high ranking officials that worked at these tech companies said, we don't let our kids have phones. We don't let them use social media. The people who built this stuff know better than to let their kids use it. But we have iPads teaching teaching kids all across America tonight because there's like people out there that don't want to teach their kids. And I'm not like, that's not an indictment on people because some people's parents work two jobs and they're tired. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like this, the technology is running the world now. It's insane. Yeah, man. Tech companies <laughs> rolling in the dough too. It is nuts. It Dude, is- I, I don't, I can't wait to watch this movie. I'm really, I'm really fired up about this. You got me excited. I, what is it on? Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's called the social dilemma. All right. I'm it's on. very, very interesting. It's very sobering. And it will uh, it'll make because what do you do? Well, I definitely won't watch it tonight. I, well, <laughs> do you. But like what's like what's the answer? Do we throw our phones in a bucket of water? Do no, we go man, get flip I, phones? I think, what, I think what do you anything do? in moderation is okay. Right. I I'm I'm a man of faith, and I think God has always had technology, and we're always gonna continue to advance as people. Like that does not stop or anything. We're supposed to. But um I think everything that's put on this earth is you're supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to do and live and grow. But I think everything in moderation, though. And that's that's just life for me. Agreed. So, you know, I I think it's good to have a phone. I think it's cool. I I, look, I'm online. I do Instagram. I do Twitter. I'm trying to be better about Twitter, but it's just um, don't don't be better. Just post good content and leave it alone. That, well, that's all I'm saying is that I need to post more good that's content. That's what I'm saying. But, like, I, I, but I th- other than that, I don't keep up to it, and I don't get into all the other stuff, dude. I, I, just, I am afraid the toothpaste. I, I, I just hate it because it. my wife can read some things, and she'll tell me some things. And I just – I look at – in my mind, I'm just like, why are people so angry about so many other things? And then, then when – if you hear a comment or if you read somebody's comment and you take it a certain way, and in my mind, I just feel that text is all, you can't read emotions yes. through text. Yes, absolutely. All right? You yes. can't read emotions through text. That's number one. And number two, if you know these people, I think you should have this conversation with them if you feel a certain way towards what they're saying. I think more people should actually talk and use their words and not just their fingers. And I think a lot more issues and problems would be addressed. And if we're honest with ourselves, are we really being honest with ourselves no 
I don't think a lot of people are being honest. I um, well, and it's in the pictures that they post. The, and I'm not trying to get right, philosophical yes, here, but think yes. about the and especially young women. I, and I know this is guys do their own sorts of messed up stuff on social media, but like young women, especially, and it touches on this too. These young girls see all these; they're inundated with images of like air. Uh, uh, what's what's the term? Uh, photoshopped and airbrushed photos of girls who don't actually look like that in real life, and it messes with their self esteem. Like that's a thing that happens. Not yes. a thing that I really thought much about, but like when I you have a developing brain, like that's got to be, you know, a, a thing. Well, how do you, I, you, I, look, man, I got to keep my kids, Kyle, my kids are not going to have social media. How do you keep them from it though? It uh, runs the, the, the world, right? No, I mean, eventually, but. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm, they got to be like grown. I'm personally motivated to go get a flip phone, like one of those construction worker worker flip phones that you can't break. You can run it over with your truck and it still works. I'm so I'm so motivated to go get one of those. But you things. know they're bringing back the flip phone. You know they came back out. I heard that, but I haven't seen anything. Well, it's because you're addicted to the iPhone. I, you know what? Yeah, because it's convenient. Because I have a MacBook and an <laughs> iPhone, and they all work in harmony together. Like it makes my life convenient like that. That's also how they suck you in. But you know, but again, like if you take it back to sports, think about this. And I, and I think Bomani Jones did a really good job in his in one of his recent podcasts about this. And Bomani and I don't agree about, agree about everything, but we were he was talking about the NBA players in the bubble, and especially with uh, what happened in Kenosha after Jacob Blake, um, which of course was on the tales of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud yeah. Arbery and all that stuff. So like they, it had all been building, but you got these guys, millionaire athletes in a bubble, secluded from the rest of society. Where are they getting all of their news and information? social media every single night and so these social media platforms as this documentary talks about but again we knew it they're 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 algorithms on in the software that continuously wants to it feeds you what it thinks you want based on your previous behavior oh you clicked on something that pissed you off you responded and got into an argument let me give you something else that i think is going to get you to do the same thing and it's a loop it's a cycle it just continues it tries to feed you this stuff constantly to keep you on the site to keep you looking at it because your time your eyeballs the more the of your time it gets the more valuable that is it's insane mm -hmm. how it works so it's like it's taken this twisted psychology and applied it to the technology and it's crazy so you know, like Bomani said and I've talked about imagine being you know Paul George after that terrible performance in whatever game that was early in the in the playoffs or that series and you you get out of the court you go right back to your hotel room there's you don't have your wife or your kids there nobody with you and you're reading people tell you how how much you suck a on twitter and then on top of that you see violence and protesting and right you think the world's burning and you're stuck in a in a hotel in orlando florida of course that's going to heighten your anxiety yeah you know and and these and then you start popping off and typing things and sending things but you shouldn't be then typing they always talk about um some of these guys that's been in the bubbles i mean they're already um some of the NBA players, NBA players, I think the commissioner has spoken about. They're not happy, right? They're, oh yeah, no, they, they, they have they have a. I think it was. Uh, oh, who? Oh, Frank Isola. I think me and you have talked. about We've talked about that because yeah. it was last year. It was Frank Isola, uh, New York Daily News, maybe the the Athletic. Now wrote a piece about that where he said these players are deeply unhappy. Like, look how moody a dude like Kyrie Irving is. He's a moody guy. Yeah, man. I, you know what? He comes off that way, but I don't. And some I don't guys know are just moody. But I'm saying, like, some guys are just moody. But like, right. he's talked openly about mental health and how you know he struggles with being more than just a basketball player. And I do give him credit though, because what he talked about before these NBA players went into the bubble got a lot of stuff going and started. So I give Kyrie. Oh, yeah. 
No, this uh, isn't about credit. tearing so Kyrie down. He, he's not yet. He's not bound. He's not batting zero. No, you know definitely not. No, he's hit some hits. I, he he said some questionable things. Like the no flat, doubt. Now the flat Earth stuff, he did try to apologize for, but the retraction never gets a tenth of the attention as the headline does. So <laughs> no he doubt. will forever be known as the flat Earth guy. But like again, who the, are those people? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the kind of people who need to get off social media, but also the kind of people who have unfortunately found communities of other like-minded <laughs> people across the country. So you got some flat earther in wichita kansas who made friends with a dude in new zealand about 15 years ago and they've been trying to spread the flat earth gospel for the last 20 years so yeah i mean they de- that definitely exists but man i just i just think about what it must be like mj never had to go through this you didn't deal with this stuff you know when you were playing and you know you're, you're much younger and so like i had twitter I got Instagram right before I got out of the league, but like I never really cared to. Right. I didn't share my life like that. I wasn't on Facebook like that. Right. I haven't. And so I had Facebook when it first came out. Kyle, you know how great oh. Facebook was when it first came out. I do. It was, my, it was my senior year of high school. Your senior year of high school. Yeah. So I got it at the University of Alabama. When you only had an EDU. EDU address. Yeah, yep. and you couldn't even, it wasn't even available to high school kids. It was only on college campuses. And I remember when it first got to Alabama, and we got it before my brother's school, Troy State, at Alabama. So we had it for almost like a whole eight months before they got it. And I was telling them about it. I'm like, dude, this thing, Facebook. This, uh, this girl that was a friend of mine, she's like, have you heard of Facebook? I'm like, no, nah, what is that? And she was, she was like, dude, you got to sign up for it. It's like the coolest thing ever. You can like have these friends and blah, blah, blah. You're like, where do you get it? I'm like, uh, all right, come on do this for me so we get it bro is the best thing ever is the biggest game changer the way to connect to people oh and, yeah and you but you could you couldn't like be friends with other people from other campuses it was just your own campus so that was good enough though it was i mean i had more access to everything I know, yeah, Instantly. absolutely. I had the same story. A friend, female friend of mine was like, you got to sign up on this. And I'm like... Me, me and my... Uh, I, I got to tell this. I, I got to... My boy, I know he might be mad at me. Hopefully nobody hears. Um, me and my boy, so he started... He had this great idea because, you know, you could start groups back then. And he had this great idea to start a group that was uh, Girls That Dig, Roman Harper, and uh, and Jawan Simpson. Yeah. And they, Did it so, work? Oh, my gosh. Anybody that was... <laughs> Anybody with him, click in. Dude, we were like, it was instant conversation. Like, boom, got him. It was our version of what the Instagram and things. Dude, we literally, he he had this idea. I was like, dude. I'm like, just, he was like, dude, no way. See if it works. It was whatever. And I was just like, well, I was just like, all right, dude, whatever. Let's do it. And he created this group. It was awesome. Awesome. That is what my memory of Facebook is when it first hit because I was able to take advantage of Facebook. Well, and like, if no Juwan's out there listening, well done, sir. I mean, that's that, that's some. That's uh, my boy. That's my boy. That's early that. innovation, man. That is early. He we, had the idea, bro, and he said he. I think. It, no, I'm not even gonna say that. No, you're good. You're good. Don't get anybody in trouble. We yeah. uh, we actually also leveraged it pretty early. I lived in a fraternity house off campus, and nice. so that was a game changer for parties, yeah. for socials, for trips. I mean, that was. Uh, and I couldn't even be on it like that because I was still playing. I, I right. wasn't like that. But on for it. us, that was a social <laughs> coordination tool, man. <laughs> we got stuff done. <laughs> We got stuff done, man. It was fun. But no, the whole thing was a game changer. But like, I think it also, not to go flip back to the too serious side, but like, I think it's also, it's pulled back the curtain in some ways. And this was happening already. But, you know, athletes used to be seen as, I think, by fans, I think a lot more... Oh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Perfect. Uh, n- well, <laughs> yeah, there, there was more of a, um, 
I don't know. Well, let's just go with curtain. The curtain's gotten pulled back a little bit. Actually, a, a lot of bit uh, on the lives of athletes. You know, the good old days, and I'm using heavy air quotes here, was back when <laughs> you knew that maybe Jim Brown or Bill Russell, you know, were somewhat politically involved, but you could ignore it if you really had to. And, you know, that's sort of like that's that's the way people viewed it. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know much about these guys. You know, other than that, you knew Muhammad Ali was not going to Vietnam. He was willing to go to prison with. But that was it. You didn't know much. Now mm-hmm. you know any anything and everything you could conceivably want to know about these guys that's a great point and you have access to tell them exactly how you feel about them at all times <laughs> unless they block you you can tell them on twitter or instagram or facebook at any moment in time whatever you want to you know to go f themselves or a you know, great game or to ask them a way too personal question you know it could be any number of things so the the whole dynamic of the fan the media the player the organization has changed organizations don't feel like they need you know media outlets anymore the way that they used to and to some extent that's true you know they can promote their own stuff in a different way on team websites and mm-hmm. team social media channels you still need reporters to cover teams seriously because you know they're billion dollar businesses so that has to happen but like it's changed the whole thing um you know the players are more skeptical of fans and have been getting more and more skeptical of fans i feel like for years now you know guys don't just sign stuff the way they used to anymore because they know what the game's about like it's it's a lot yeah, of man, stuff and, man people are mean sometimes um, oh i believe it <laughs> and um i've seen some of these autograph hawks at that like media day sessions and it's well, insane the man. autograph thing the autograph hustle is a total different thing well no you, it you, is you're right you, you just try and you try and sign one it's every now and then but i can only imagine with basketball because basketball is on the road a lot right. so you see a lot of these same people and you just learn to kind of walk by them all um basketball players probably get it way more than most players and especially even star players um but nfl we're not on the road that much so you don't see guys like that as much sometimes you don't even go out to eat some places you you know sometimes you just stay at the hotel and uh, the food's usually pretty good anyway so it's just really it's totally different but like you said the being able to reach out say something at any point in time I think I put something I put something on social media like the other week and my wife was like oh my gosh this guy and uh, I was like what babe she's like this guy commented on your on my post that I didn't even say anything he's like um, I wish you would stop making racial um like racial conversation or something like that. And I'm just like, and my wife was like, oh my gosh, you need to block this dude or like delete him. I said, babe, look, I said, sometimes you let these haters up here and let all your followers go eat their head, bust their head off. <laughs> babe, you don't even have to, don't respond to that. Let your, let your followers handle that. Let your goons go get them. Did they do it? I think they went and ate yeah, his okay. ass up. Yeah, I was going to say that usually, that tends to happen, especially, yeah, so, especially in big comment sections. Yeah. Right, Which right. by the way, comment sections are where you find the, the, the the least common denominator, the most depraved human beings on earth. Like YouTube comments are by far the worst. Oh, no, but like you get well, YouTube I, I, people com- do comment on YouTube. You, you you're either one of two kinds of people. You either read the comments in, uh, section or you don't. Like some people read it because they find it amusing or they just. Wanna, I got a couple homeboys that read the comment section. They just want to gawk at these idiots. They, and mouth they send breathers. us pictures. They they send us pictures in my. Oh, picture. I believe it, dude. Like so that you you either don't have time for it can't believe anybody would or you read comment sections there's two types of people that's it that's the only types of people there are i don't mess with them anymore i'm done you can't change you. groups by the way you should change groups don't read the comment section pretty much anywhere oh man uh well, i was gonna ask you about something all right come on no i was gonna ask you about something oh 
So we got to talk about this Tyrod Taylor story. Yes, that was the one. So I'm on the air today. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go so ahead. I'm on the air today, and like I think I was either getting ready to talk about the Panthers and the Chargers game, or I was just thinking about setting up talking about it, and I looked down at my laptop. Or this I, wanted, la- I want you to know, uh, I want your opinion on what you've seen in two games with the Panthers, too. Afterwards. Okay, I know that's fine. But like with, I look down, and I see Adam Schefter say, you know, Tyrod Taylor didn't play on Sunday because the team doctor was trying to administer a pain-killing uh, shot and accidentally punctured his lung. And he had to go to the hospital because the team doctor punctured his lung with a painkilling shot. And that would, like the whole, the fact that he had chest pains and was on the sideline in uniform, but then suddenly disappeared, had to be taken to the hospital, was extremely bizarre. And anybody who watches the NFL or even was remotely interested on Sunday wanted to know why Tyrod Taylor went from warming up, you know, dressed out, ready to start to disappearing to the hospital so we find out today and i'm just like i mean first of all tyrod taylor's caught some shit breaks in his career unfortunately you know what though i one thing i applaud tyrod taylor's one of the few black quarterbacks that's been able to stay in the league for a long time be known as a backup quarterback that doesn't happen for a lot of brothers so i applaud tyrod and what he's been able to do for as it out of all the quarterbacks from Virginia Tech, not not everybody would say Tyrod Taylor. He was the one that got hated on the most. He got hated on more than what Marcus's ability was and everybody else. But that I, I applaud Tyrod. But yes, what happened to him was absolutely crazy. And I think he has. Have you ever heard of that before? No, look, I've had all right. So it usually goes like this. So if you're going to get a shot or T train, what that's what we call it, it's a Toradol shot, and um, and then. It, you, if you want to get a, a Toradol shot and maybe you were hurt anyways so you take a T-train and then but I don't if going into ribs um, I don't know how you collapse a lung though like that's what they did right they, he punctured his lung punctured think, his yeah. lung how do you even do that well apparently it's not that uncommon like apparently and I'm not a medical professional well I'm glad I've never I, that sounds so painful but still I think there were some questions as to said know, ribs why he was up, right? doing it where he did it and what was it what was he was he listed on the injury report at all uh, I think he was. I'm yeah. going to double check this, but I think he was because I, I, though I don't think the rib stuff really came to light until Friday of yeah, last yeah. week. I don't okay. think he he didn't play super well against the Bengals the, mm-hmm. the Sunday before that. Um, let me see. I don't see anything. Uh, hey, look, yeah, man, yeah, okay, can we talk is. about the young dude though? Because I thought I thought he played better than I, I expected. What young dude? Herbert? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He's going to start. Brother. He's going to start Sunday against the Panthers too. Obviously, because Tyrod's got a hole in his lung, so it's a problem. Dude, I mean, <laughs> what do you feel about that? How are you feeling about, about Herbert? No, about Herbert versus the Panthers. Oh, oh, oh! First of all, let me say this real quick. Tyrod Taylor is one of my favorite people. Um, we're, and I, we're not we're not tight or anything. We just I covered him at, at Virginia Tech. I ran nice. into him at the Super Bowl in Minneapolis a couple of years ago. Um, and I take actually I take that back. I kind of covered him. It was more as a student journalist role back then, I guess, when I was trying to figure out if I liked this stuff or not. And then uh, you know ran into him at the Super Bowl in Minneapolis a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And just a great guy. That's the what he's known for being. I mean, he's uh, very devout in his faith. Very you know very smart. Very 
thoughtful dude. Everybody likes Tyrod Taylor. That's what yes. I'm trying to say. There's not a you won't find anybody who doesn't like Tyrod. He's True. one of the nicest people ever. So it stinks to see this happen to him. Like really stinks to see it happen to him. I mm-hmm. thought I thought he had a chance to be a really good pro, and he is a good pro. Um, but I'm not sure how much longer he's going to have that job, regardless of you know Anthony Lynn talking about him being 100% the starter. Well, now we know why you've been so forceful about that because your own team doctor pocked a hole in his lung you know so <laughs> that is a pretty terrible way to lose your starting job dude that sucks how much i didn't even think about it that way kyle i mean you can't take the man's job away because your team doctor popped a hole in his lung yeah and now i mean i mean I, you can i guess but what, yeah what if herbert g- continues to play good sorry i know I, I get it that's it's a fair question you know what i mean because herbert they, goes out there starts playing well what do you do he's, he's, the sixth, just, he's a sixth overall pick they yeah. drafted him to be their their franchise you don't think quarterback. up top they're gonna be like oh yeah coach whatever this we're running this he's going to play yeah decisions are made up top people don't they want to think the best player and sometimes this they can make it to where he's the best player and not only that but up top makes the decision I just don't and certain players will play because of you know they need to make sure they look good up top too yeah well it doesn't matter for me I don't get to see him live on Sunday I got to watch it like everybody else I miss being in the stadium a little bit but uh I haven't I haven't been to a football game and it just forces me to watch it a little bit more. But I I only I like watching it from TV sometimes too, just because I know what I'm looking at. I like you know it's almost like watching film again. I enjoy that part of it. You don't want you don't watch the All Twenty Two or anything, do you? What's that? The All Twenty Two, the one that comes out from the NFL, the one that it's got the uh, the goalpost view on both ends. Literally, you can see all twenty two players study the film. No, no, no. Okay, I don't. Some guys still get it. I don't know if I didn't know if uh-uh. you did. I don't. Or not. Uh-uh. I, don't I, know. I actually know some media types who actually get it every week and study. I, that's a different conversation for a different day. I don't. I don't know. Okay, so Carolina, Chargers. All right, what? Who, who's going to win? Why? What? What have you seen from? What is your opinion about Carolina the last two? The after the first two weeks of the season. I think. First of all, who has done? Who? First of all, who's the worst team? Out of all the coaches, new coaches in the NFL, who? What coach <laughs> are you least impressed with so far? Okay. I, mean, and, I feel like you're giving me like an assignment here. Uh, yeah, I want to know this. All right. It's okay. Even if you don't do it right now, I mean, about the, it. I don't know. Is it fair to say that? Because, like, the Giants are a mess. Joe Judge would probably get a vote. No um, doubt. They, okay, I like that you bring that up. There are probably some people up there, there are probably some people who would say Matt Rule. I mean, they've made some mistakes as a coaching staff in two weeks. Yes, they have. They've made some mistakes. I mean, Are you, they admitting that? Have you guys been able to talk to them at all? Oh, what? yeah. No, they're, they're admitting it. Like, I, I don't think – like, Matt Rule, that's the one thing he will do is he takes it all on his shoulders. You know, it's my fault, my responsibility – you know, when, when uh, Joe Brady called that fourth and inches run. To, to uh, oh, he definitely signed off on it. Well, yeah, he didn't stop it at the very least. I mean, he heard it in his headset and he didn't uh, object to it. You know, so and he's got, the, you know, he's got that veto power. So he didn't. He's the head coach. He's the head coach. I mean, the game's on the line. Of course, he has something to say with the last. Exactly. So, he, you know, he didn't do that, clearly, at least not that we know of. So, man, I don't know. I, I think, um, and I keep saying this about the Panthers and anybody who listens to me on a daily, a daily basis is probably tired of hearing me say it. But, I mean, they're exactly who we thought they were they're they're pretty good offensively okay and defensively they're young and brand new and a little bit of a mess 
they they didn't have uh, the rookie Gross Matos or KK Short last Sunday, mm-hmm. so I don't think anybody should have been surprised that you know they weren't super effective up front. Up front. I st- I'm still thinking I still think Derek Brown's going to be a fantastic player, but I like what I've seen him do. But some I mean, there there are people nice. killing him because of his PFF grade, you know, from <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I mean, you know, and talking about how he's already going to be a bust through two. I, well, the, the, the thing a, was the modern the 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 NFL fan in 2020 is about as unreasonable and impatient as I've ever seen any fan in my life. It is, it's wild that people want to, they really want to make two games, the sample size to determine whether or not Matt rule can coach football. Mm -hmm. And that is crazy to me. If we get to week eight and they're still, you know, making questionable decisions, I thought they probably would have been better served kicking it off after they scored instead of trying the onside kick Mm -hmm, late. mm -hmm. That was just my opinion. But you know, if they still get to week eight and they're making silly coaching mistakes or clock management mistakes, then yeah, we can start to have a conversation. Correct, correct. But can we like let them play? They just played the Raiders and had a chance to beat them, and the Raiders just beat the Saints on Monday Night Football, and then they fell behind twenty-one to nothing to Tom Brady and a Tampa Bay team that is loaded with talent. And instead of you know completely caving, they fought their way back and had a chance to tie it up. Yes, they did. So. You take away Teddy's bad mistakes in the first quarter and a couple of coaching mistakes. Do they win the game? I don't know, but they got a chance. If they I don't agree. fall behind 21 nothing. They're probably in it or have a lead at some point the way they started to play in the fight. That's the other thing, and I think you would probably agree with this. They've made halftime adjustments both weeks. And they've come out and played better ball in the second half. Both weeks, they've done that. So, I mean, doesn't that count when you're trying to evaluate a guy in two games? Yes, it does. But for me, I look at it conceptually. And that means that, means that you know, what they're running defensively does not make a lot of sense to me. I'm trying to figure it out. And I know what I'm looking at. And I've I'm see, not surprised to hear you say that. And I'm seeing where they're struggling at and some things that are going on. Conceptually, it doesn't make sense what I'm seeing. So they need to improve in areas that I don't know if they can improve in, if that makes any sense. Because conceptually, it's not... It's not solid. Well, what do you when you say that? Like I, hear, I mean scheme. Well, that's scheme, what I, I schematically. That's what I'm saying. People and I'm say not that. trying to call. I look. I don't know these coaches' staff. I don't know them dudes like that. I, I cheer for him. I root for him. Especially Joe Brady. I like him. That's my dude. Yeah. Teddy B. Love him too. Excuse me. <laughs> that's the Dosakis. One of my sponsors on the show. Boom. There it is. So Dosakis, please sponsor us as well. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's the crown right there. <laughs> More interessante? Yeah, 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 that. That right there. Anyways, um, no, but what I'm looking at from the Panthers, just schematically, I don't, I don't like what I see. Yeah. Um, especially when I saw what Tampa ran, then I, why are you doing this? Or it was just uh, some things were off. Even my wife pointed it out. I was so proud of her. She told me exactly... So on the Leonard Fournette run, yeah. the long run. The late one? The, yeah, yeah, the, the late one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
she's like, oh my gosh, the game's over. Because I saw what happened. I'm like, okay, Carolina might come back. I, li- I like that they were fighting. Yep. She asked me what my opinion was at halftime. If I'm the coach, I said, hey, hey, we got to just play better. Stop turning the ball over. I got to be better. That, that, on, that fake punt, that was on me. All right? I messed that up. I got to be better as a coach. You own up to your mistakes. And then just go out here and let's see what happens. Let's go out here and just play hard. Let's get a touchdown. No more turnovers and see what happens. And we did. We saw that. We saw Carolina bounce back and come back. And when my wife is telling me that, oh, in this long run, all right, first of all, Derrick Brown got ejected out of the hole. Tahir Whitehead not playing in his yeah. gap strong. Then all of a sudden, you got too many people on this side of the ball. You got enough people over there. They had trade leaning this way, and then, and then the running back bust. It's just a lot of that to me didn't make a lot of sense conceptually on that play, and then some other things. But for, my wife told me exactly what I said. Roman, it was man to man. This guy messed up. I don't know who that guy is. He messed up. And then that, I don't know why he was over there, da da da. And then I came in and watched the play. I'm like, damn, man, how far? I see you, girl. <laughs> I see you, girl. All right. She knew exactly what she was looking at, but she's been around me talking ball for a long time, and she knows what it was. She was like, it looks like man-to-man. They should, they look like they're in man-to-man. I'm like, damn, girl, I see you. That was man-to-man coverage. So, good yeah. for her. Yeah, she's pretty good. I got to send my wife over here for boot camp now. <laughs> she likes watching the Panthers, but I get the, the rudimentary stuff. You know? like, What's that yellow line there for? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If she hears that, she's going to kill me. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, I think... Uh, <laughs> God Almighty! Yeah, the, uh, the they're they're going to be fine. I, I, this is what they are supposed to like. Losing McCaffrey sucks. That's well, that's. A I want to see what look. Neither team has won a game. I can't wait to see what happens. Oh, I know. The game is here in Carolina. It right? might be low scoring. Is the game here in Carolina? No, it's in L.A. It's in L.A. It's in L.A. Shoot. Um, it could be a low-scoring game. Like, there's if, no if, fans. If Herbert so. goes out there and torches this this Panthers defense, though, which is possible. I mean, he just put up pretty good numbers against Kansas City. Well, how are they going to – are they getting enough pressure on the quarterback consistently, or are they going to play coverage? Well, here's my question. And Who, then let your front four eat. Are, That's it, always the game plan. I think KK could help with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't even know he was got hurt. What like He what didn't happened? practice today either. He didn't practice today. What's either. today? But t- today's Wednesday. That's nothing. Um, I want to know Friday. I need to know. That's about fair. Friday. No, that's fair. I just want. But, but, but let me what, ask you what this. did he hurt? Uh, no, D- Daly was the ankle. I forget. I have to look. I, I uh, got anyways. it backwards. Now yeah. I've got myself confused. Either way, um, no, he just. I was going to go the other side where Carolina's tackles have been pretty good. You I know, agree. But interior. Did you see what happened? Paradis got spun around and bull rushed his own his own teammate the other day. God, why are you trying to get me started? He, hit, he turned around, he got spun around, and he was bull rushing Michael Schofield for a second. It was, now, it was so funny. And look, I, I don't think Paradis is a bad player, but at the same time, they got to be better. And and I, who's going to block Bosa and Ingram? On so that's my question. Or who's going to be able to contain those guys? Because Okung and Moten can't be perfect. And they, they haven't been perfect, but they certainly can't be perfect every week. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, they watch film, too. That means yeah. I can line one of those dudes up inside. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And then I don't have to worry about the tackles blocking them. That's a problem. Especially on passing situations. I, especially. That's what happens when you get third and long. When you get third and long, that's when coaches get really exotic defensively. It's not like I get to be – I'm not exotic on third and two. That's man-to-man. Huh. Anything under four yards, that's man-to-man coverage. You may get a little bit of zone here and there, but you know that their tendencies. That's a 
20% chance. But normally, it's like anything under four yards, that's all man-to-man. When you start getting to the third and seven to nine, uh, th- three to five, that's that's kind of both a little bit, but majority man still. Three and under, all man. But yes, that is when defensive coaches start getting really exotic. And that's when I can put this guy here. This we practice in the most, the best blitz, safety blitzes out of nowhere that's hiding off in the weeds. These is when we roll the coverages and now we're waiting on something for the quarterback to throw the ball somewhere that he might not be thinking we're at. That is when you get those play calls. Mm. Third and 12, that's another time you're going to get it. So I want to talk to you about Cam Newton and the Patriots. Let's do it. Oh, my God. So impressed. Can so I, somebody, can I get this? That boy was balling the other night. Somebody, but Josh, That boy looked like a five-star high school player versus another really good team, and he did whatever he wanted, and they barely stopped him at the one-yard line to win the game. Let me tell you something, and I, you probably know this already. I got into work on Monday. And I was talking about the Panthers and losing to the Bucks, but I also was talking – and actually, I think this was – I take that back. This was yesterday, Tuesday. I'm talking about Cam Newton and that showdown with Russ Will- that Russell Wilson. That game was awesome. And, and I Russ ta- is balling. balling. That boy, Russ is so as good, good as Cam was, Russ was even better. And so I start talking mm-hmm. – I, I think he – throwing the football, I think he was. And you know how much His I love – His team was better. Oh, fine. No, I agreed. I'm just saying, like, Russ – he threw for five touchdowns. Come on. So my point simply is, though, I take a call from a guy on my radio show yesterday. Curtis calls in. He didn't play that good. <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, he wasn't that good. Believe me, I used to play offensive line, and I, I know a thing or two. He didn't say that. Oh, yeah. He absolutely <laughs> did. He, he didn't play that good. I saw vintage Cam a couple times. I mean, just sailing it over their heads and throwing the ball in the dirt. And I was like, well, time out. Did we watch the same game? Because as a part of that game broadcast, uh, Chris Collinsworth – at the end of it was so awestruck by how well Cam Newton threw the ball that twice he said it was the best he'd ever seen Cam throw the football. And on top of that, the whole country that night and the next morning was asking about how good Cam was. I, I turned on Get Up yesterday morning, and I see – I'm not kidding. I'm still blown away by this. One of their headlines was, No Brady, No Problem. Are the Patriots better with Cam? And I'm like – Right I'm, now, that team, the way it looks, Cam can do more for them. I mean, Cam was their running back – goal line run – short yard is running back. Right. Like, like, that was the right play call at the end. Belichick was right to say what he said on Sunday where he was like, we, we called our best play call with our best player. Sometimes it doesn't work out. What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, that's the game. That's how this works sometimes. <laughs> it, that is the truth. Like, you can argue they <laughs> could have been more creative. Fine. Go right ahead. But, like, that's the – literally. We're six- going to give our best guy the football and see what happens. ESPN, I like that. ESPN Stats and Research had it that night. As soon as it happened, it said Cam Newton prior to that play was 16 of 20 in those situations. 80% of the time he was converting – in that situation. Best I'll t- odds. I'll take game. those odds. Uh, best odds. This happened to be one of the two times out of ten it wasn't going to work out for him. I was his teammate. I saw him do it a whole year. I was amazed at how easily he made these things look. Automatic. I mean, the only thing that might have even made me think about anything else was if I'd have him if I'd have got him under center and then looked like we could have maybe play action, maybe a little motion, then quarterback sneak. Right. But that's about it though. He looked because he can, he he can take the ball and just jump over the top like Drew Brees does Look, all the time. I, 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 I want him to add that to his game. I completely understand he may go out and just bust, flop this weekend. It's the game. It happens, right? So, But coming off of Sunday, 
He made three throws in the second half that were as good of throws as you will find anywhere. That one to Edelman? Yes, the one he dropped in over his shoulder. Oh, my gosh. That's what. But before that, the little outcut that he hit, that had to be right. I mean, there was only one place he could have. And then before that, he's got pressure. He steps up in the pocket on the move, and he drives the ball between two defenders. And actually, just kind of very nuanced. If you picked up on it, kind of threw it behind the defender a little bit to shield it from the defender that was too close to it. On the money. And and I saw people like gushing about it today. We haven't seen... Cam Newton threw the ball really well in early 2018. I, I think... The, but we haven't seen him look that good all the way around since 2015. Right, man. He's healthy. Um, he's healthy, he's right. he's got zip on the ball, again, which yep. that's what people wanted to question. But I, I'm watching him. He's got some pop on the ball, man. He can still fling it as long as he would need it to. And I'm just glad that his deep balls were on point. I think they got to get Demir Bird going if they're going to have deep threats, too. Think about that. He's throwing to Demir Bird. <laughs> In New England. And that's no disrespect to Demir Bird, right? But no, this, man, Demir's worked, man. He's been for him to he's been there. I remember when he first came in undrafted out of South Carolina. Right. I mean, no disrespect to Demir. You're right. He's worked his tail off. But yeah, he went from Practice squad. He went for Cam went from Carolina, a place that has never put any wide receivers around him. Steve Smith was here when he got here, but they've never put any wide receivers around, like really gone and spent money to do that. And then he gets to New England. They trade Mohammed Sanu, right? You got guys opting were, out. I think they released him. Or did they release him? Yeah, I, I think anyway, right. he's no longer. Either way, he's no longer there. They, they 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 turned him loose, and he's got Julian Edelman, and then he's got a couple of young guys. Demir's worked hard, but he's not a premier wide receiver. The Nikhil Harry dude, I, he's big. He's got good size. Right. This dude gives me no yak, bro. Yep, exactly. Why can't he make anybody miss? He looks like a slightly smaller tight end. It's not. It's it's not. I don't know what to think about it just yet. Jacoby Meyer, I think, is a pretty good player. You know, but I don't know if he's great. So, the thing is, is I don't you know, know the any of these guys. But you know what the difference is. <laughs> He's got an offensive line that's going to give him time to throw the football. He said he 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 said he likes his offense. Did you line. see how much time they gave him the other night? Like especially even on that final drive when he had a chance to win oh, it. Oh, he wasn't backed getting up hit like the, that. He wasn't up. getting hit in the pocket, and that Cam can protect himself when he's running. He's never been hurt running the ball. It's in the pocket. It's in the pocket. If you. Cam can protect himself. He's right. big. He's feel, he knows what hits he wants to take. Right. When he wants to deliver it and wants to slide and get down, he knows how to do all that. Yeah. And if and you can't dive and try and dirty hit people anymore either. So he knows how to protect himself. And I'm just proud that he was out there slinging that rock, bro. He he looked good, man. He looked really really good. Yeah, he did. And he looked he looked scary. He looked like he. If everybody else gets their game together, New England's defense. Oh yeah, get your game they together. They got diced. This boy Cam can help you guys win games. That's what I saw the other day. And for me, it's not just about Cam. I love Cam going ball. I'm not questioning anything with Cam. He going ball. But can the other pieces around him? Can they have enough weapons on the outside to actually be able to compete uh, defensively? They have to play better than what they did. Um, that's just, that was an off night for them. But Russ is really good too. Give give respect and and props to Russell Wilson too. Do he, you, he was on point. I I have to believe. First of all, I'm sure they're committed to their plan when the, in the Panthers building on, on Men Street. They're committed to their plan. But watching Cam do that on Sunday night, you know. That, I mean, I, I believe some of those guys were happy for him, but that that turns up the heat a little bit, doesn't it? I, I mean, mean, it just they're going to be second guessed all we, season. If, we got to get this right. You we got to get it right. We got to get this right. So if it's not Teddy B, then are you going to end up drafting somebody? I I hope it's Teddy B. I want Teddy B to have that chance. But oh, I think not, Teddy B's a good player. Yeah, but I don't think he and Cam though. 
Uh, no, but he. But I, you, I, I talked to a lot of NFL scouts. They could have told you that. Uh, you're right. Teddy Bridgewater is always going to need pieces around him to be able to win. He can help you win a game. No doubt. But he's not going to, like, win you the game. That's not – oh, you need this? He Cam Newton is the type of quarterback that can put a team on his back and carry them to do whatever you want. He's got that type of ability. Yep. Not every quarterback has that type of ability. Most quarterbacks – and there's nothing wrong with that, but they need the pieces to be right as well. I've seen a lot of Super Bowls won that way, too. I've seen a lot of really good players that played in the league for a long time, starting quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, yeah. that are just really good with the right amount of pieces around them. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a compliment. You're still in the NFL. I'm not knocking anybody, but Cam Newton has this ability because he's big. He has this arm strength more than he has way big time arm strength he's elusive he's got it all the biggest thing was his accuracy and he looked real accurate the other night you know who looked even more accurate was russell wilson dude i had (laughs) i have had to completely and it's not that i disliked him at all necessarily but early in his career i didn't think he was going to be very good i really did if nc state was my brother i'd slap him Oh, how you let that guy? Do? Tom O'Brien still catches hell for that. You gonna <laughs> run that man should. out of town for Mike As Glennon? He... <laughs> you gonna run him out of town for Mike? Glennon. Now, of course, in hindsight, it looks a hell of a lot worse. But I mean, that—that's I said. It you... was only one more year. I know, I know. But and Glennon had how many years? But to like start? when I said a couple of minutes Anyways, ago that, that he that. that he looked even better than Cam, and you're like, uh, dude, he he was. He was surgical on Sunday night. He might look Patrick Mahomes is the reigning Super Bowl champ. But I think there's an argument to be made that Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in football right now. He is yeah. that good. I, I would probably say agree with you and say yes. He is that good. I mean that when he dropped back to pass on Sunday night, unless somebody got to him and was gonna sack him, you knew it was gonna be a completion. Right. If the if there if there was any separation. So, so- if you had one, if you're starting a franchise with a quarterback, who are you taking? I mean, I guess you have to go Mahomes because he's younger, right? I mean, that's probably it. But how could you couldn't go wrong with either one? Mm-hmm. He, went, I, I went from thinking I, sw- I, I went on record. I, I was, wanna, I want to see what you're I was say, bullish about this. Kinda, I was beating my chest. I was, I, I said this like five years ago. I was like, if Tyrod Taylor ever gets a chance to be a full time starter, he is going to blow Russell Wilson out of the water. Like I was completely <laughs> bullish on this. Like yes, he was better than Russ in college. Tyrod's just never had the right situation. Tyrod's going to be a star in this league if he ever gets a shot in the right situation. And he has just caught some bad breaks, man. He just got his lung punctured. <laughs> I mean. It, don't go back down the rabbit hole. I'm not Kyle. going back down there, but still. <laughs> but like, so I, I was not high on Russell Wilson, but I've come all the way around to this dude is the best quarterback in football right now. He is so good right now. I can't argue with you. He, he is fantastic. He is so accurate with the ball. He throws the best deep ball in the NFL. That's been known for years. I've always claimed that because of the arc and the way he throws it. It's baseball throw just right yep. over the top. And that's that's one of the advantages he has is being. A, I've, I've told you the story that he baseball played baseball throw right over the top. He played over here with the uh, Gastonia Grizzlies in the Coastal Plains League, the summer league. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of a southern Co- Cape Cod. My brother took his roster spot the summer that Tom O'Brien called him back to NC State. <laughs> so my my brother ended up taking his his roster spot with the Gastonia Grizzlies, and that's like that's the start of that story with like you said O'Brien and Glennon and you know the, the beginning of the end at NC it, State but he's just it's so NC State worthish I mean oh, since uh-huh. I since I've 
since I've gotten here in, in Carolinas, man, I've just only heard horror stories <laughs> of NC State. Horror stories. But no, Cam is, Cam is somebody asked me today, and, I, and I'll, I'll wrap this up. Cam, uh, Josh Parcell looked at me and said, Is Josh Parcell, what, he's, let's get, he, he let's comes hold off, off on he's that. such let's a hater <laughs> at times. Oh my gosh. He, he comes off as a hater at times. He looked at me and he goes, Is Cam an MVP candidate right now? And my first response was, No, probably not yet. But I'm just, I, I think I would, that came with that out of. I think he comes out as too smart sometimes. He's always coming from like he's smarter than you angle. The, the that's, cam, how he, that's how he sounds. Like a cam TV. contrarian. Yeah. Is that he, you talking about? You talking about Parcel? I'm talking about Parcel, yeah. You know he's going to hear this on the podcast, right? That's good. Okay, good. I would, I, I, I love hearing him talk though because he, he is a very. He's passionate. Yeah, he's passionate. In what he, and when you're passionate, you come off as true. You believe your word and you're with it. That's what I, that is the thing I appreciate about him the most, actually. It reminds me a lot of Tim Tebow, right? Oh, yeah, like we Just, talked about last time. Like, if you're passionate about something, you believe in your words, it comes off as genuine. That's what I love about him is because he is genuine. Yeah. Josh is, like, super genuine in everything that he says in, his, in back. And I would never try and talk him off his opinion. I think that's what, I think I should, I celebrate him by saying that. I like that he comes at it from this haterish. Like, All right, I tag, I'll, I'll make sure to tag Josh that it, at 106.30 that we talked about him, so he has to come listen to this. I'll okay. tag him in it. But no, real quick, he said, is, is Cam an MVP candidate? And I was like, no, probably not yet. But he kind of is through two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, through two weeks, he technically is, right? If they would have won that game, for sure. Right. He technically is. But I'm like, I need to see, like, weeks more of this. That's my only That's big my boy remaining too. fear with Cam is, is he going to do it for 16 games? Because yeah. if he is, this is going to be a lot of fun. I, I Look, I, I think if he's able to stay healthy through the season, man, New England – you got to pay the man. You can't let this dude walk if he's playing the way he's kind of showed us the first couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And they maybe they make the playoffs, um, and he's healthy for 15 games, 16 games. I was talking to uh, the Zach Gelb show the other night, and Ooh. he was saying the same thing. And a little name drop. Little national hit, huh? Boom. CBS Sports Radio. Um, CBS Sports Radio. Hey man, I don't sorry, know. I had to get a little yeah. jingle in. Yeah, it's all good. I hope ESPN ain't mad. At me. It's all good. <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, man. Um, you know, I would, he was saying the same thing. If he's healthy, 15, 16 games, he's he's like, dude, he's a Patriots fan. They gotta pay him, right? They have to. The way he's playing, I don't know about that. That's what I'm saying. Everybody thinks Bill's not gonna pay him regardless. I, I mean, I don't know. I got another friend that says Bill's not gonna pay him. So I, I have a hard. I, I, I could, I could see. I think this. Bill likes to win. I don't think he cares about too many things. I think people think he cares about way more things than what I think Bill cares about. I don't think that Cam's gonna get a, anything beyond a f three or four year deal out of them. If I'm an NFL football player, I don't want anything more than this. I agree with you. I think it's actually smarter to go that route. So if, uh, they, yeah, I so want, if Cam's a minimum I'm always to that. betting on myself anyway. So if I do a one-year deal or a three-year deal, as much as I can get right now, money in the first two years of any contract is the only money you should count. My agent told me that a long time ago. Okay. He, he said, dude, you can sign for whatever. He said, look, what, whatever you're going to get in the first two years. Because after that, they may whack you. They don't care if they owe you, whatever. They'll whack you and get you at this lower number and <laughs> don't even care. So whatever. Every first two years, we we'll just get as much as we can. Then I said, "Cool, <laughs> let's get it." The Patriots are paying Cam Newton a million dollars. It's the steal of the century. A million dollars. That's outrageous. 
If they paid him 10, they've still underpaid him right now from that what we see. Outrageous. Uh, did you see all the quarterbacks that oh, I are, are making more? <laughs> I think yeah. pretty sure Nathan, they, I'm pretty sure Nathan Peterman's making he's more. He's on than, the list. I'm pretty sure he's making he's making more money than Cam Newton. That he's is He's on the list. Look, and here's the thing. Cam Newton is a trillionaire, so he's fine, but still, oh. it's just the principle of the matter that Nathan Peterman is making more money than Cam Newton is right now. That is I, shameful. I mean, they put his name at the bottom of the list just because they knew by the time we saw it we like more than Nathan Peterman and that's the thing that's what so that's what makes the this year even more fun is that this hey, is that's that social media thing you're talking about right exactly that's the social media <laughs> thing this is Cam's FU year though this is Cam's FU I, I, year yes I and then he said as much you know he said it ain't about the money I think he said it yesterday morning on the radio in Boston it. I he love said it. he said this is this is basically he said it's not about the money and I believe him this is about a big middle finger to everybody who doubted him in Charlotte and the people that you know basically didn't they want him did. around. This they is a, did. This is a big fu year for Cam. And you know what? And that means something to a man. Look, we have talked about this on the radio so many times, Kyle. How I had no idea how fans really felt about Cam and what certain fans, not all fans, but majority love Cam. He didn't I, play that good. Yeah. That, thank you. That taking fancy hats off, maybe he throw the ball a little better. That's Sorry. what they, that's what they would say though, Kyle. <laughs> and I did not know that until I started doing the radio with you. So when I was Cam's teammate, I was thrown off at one time. They had a presser, and it talked about his first child that he had had and that he was not married. I'm like, so oh, this is your – Don't get me started on that. Hold on, hold on. So this is your franchise quarterback. I'm. This is my second year in Carolina. I don't know Carolina like that. And this is on the front of the newspaper. This is your franchise quarterback. This guy is the quarterback of your team. We are undefeated running on a rolling on a Super Bowl and this is the newspaper who ran this who what are we doing here in this city yep then I retired I'm done playing ball I've come on the radio show with you a couple of times Kyle and when I would see Cam I mean doing his thing or trying to do his thing and what people would say sometimes first of all like you said had nothing to do with football nothing all right and this guy did so many great things in the community. He was out there. Uh, he may be not being as nice as a fan would want him to be when he, they wanted to sign something for their kid or whatever, whatever. But still, at the end of the day, I was just amazed that, look, the, the owners and anybody can make their decision and people can have their opinions and what they want to. I have a positive opinion about Cam. And I'm just happy that the brother is able to go restart. He does have a big F you going on right now. I just want him to stay healthy, man. And if he, I just want him to ball because if you ball in New England, in Boston, in that market, way bigger than any kind of market what you thought you had here. So imagine how great you were here. It'll be three times that in New England because they have the ability to blow it up. And if you do it there, you can do it. Last thing I'll say about that is that that's watching Boston sports fans suddenly do a complete 180 and trip and fall <laughs> over themselves to love on Cam Newton has been, oh, they one, of, love on him been now? one of the most bizarre <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. Like not, not just loving on him, dude. First of all, I saw one guy, they, they, I think it was Mike Reese who tweeted out the quote from the radio show he did yesterday morning. And, and I think it was Cam saying, hey, we don't need another wide receiver. Just being a good teammate. You know, the answer's in this in this locker room. Um, and, that, and that's that or whatever he said. And the first guy responds and he goes, well, Tom Brady would have never been a good teammate like that and said that in public. I'm like, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. I love Cam. But the guy who just spent 20 years with your organization, won you six Super Bowls, you're now trashing him because at the very end of his career, he got, he got tired of having to work with no-name wide receivers 
that he never he never met before. He gone. He's gone now. He so gone. The first Kyle, guy, Kyle, not he's gone. He gone. He's he gone. He, he gone. That's the truth. He, he gone. gone. I agree with you. So he's gone. And you got these people that are saying you know, Tom would have never been. He'd never never said the next guy. I swear to God goes. I would punch myself in the face if Cam asked me to. I mean, just <laughs> random out of nowhere. These are Boston sports fans posting some of the wildest stuff you've ever seen <laughs> in support of Cam Newton. Dude, this just what like less than a year removed from them having the lowest possible opinion of Cam Newton. It is hilarious. Kyle, am I bad for if somebody ever said that to me, I'd be like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I would. I would Dude. punch myself. <laughs> I'd be like, do it. Oh my gosh. Please, whoever that. So I got to go home. It's getting late. Dude, that is the funniest thing to me. Somebody's like, I'll punch myself. I'd be like, do it. <laughs> do it. Please. Do it. Please. Prove your loyalty. <laughs> yeah. I would just crack up dying laughing. Prove dude. your love to me. Yeah. Do it twice. Well, I don't know about twice. I'll have to see after the first time. How bad? <laughs> Sorry, I missed. <laughs> I've seen crazy fans, though. I've seen crazy fans. I've seen people do wild, amazing things. Um, Who's the last famous person you met where you were like, whoa? The last famous person where I was like, whoa? Yeah. Um, Kobe Bryant was my last famous person that I met. was like, whoa. Okay. My wife said I looked like the... uh, she said I was just so giddy and just like she said I looked nervous I was like fidgeting I was walking back and forth I was pacing like totally not even who I am as a person she was like dude you were like a you like a real deal fan babe that's fantastic my I, wife was like and she loved me for it she was like babe you were like a real fan babe I think the last time I got like a fanned out was I met Tommy Lasorda at the baseball winter meetings in Nashville right, a couple right. of years ago because like, I grew up watching Dodger baseball with my dad and, dude, I, and he's older now too man he, he's like the he man just, he popped up out of nowhere and I was like wait a minute you're Tommy Lasorda that's kind of weird so I think it was that. And then I did bump into LeBron on the sidelines of uh, the Ohio State-Virginia Tech game a mm-hmm. while back. That was because like you know, the, the job that we do, we meet a lot of people who are known, right. right? So you don't get the same sort of, whoa, feeling once you've been around it for a while. But like when LeBron sneaks up on you, it's like, whoa, you're LeBron. Right. And then, oh, there's another one. Uh, the last Army-Navy game that I was at, I think two years ago, I was walking out onto the field for the uh, the formation to watch both the cadets and the midshipmen march onto the field to the march on. And as, as I'm walking out of the tunnel, or I'm walking into the tunnel, I see a group walking out of the tunnel, and I get yanked back. And about the time I get yanked back, I'm like, well, who, you know, who the hell's grabbing me? Um, it's General uh, James, or it's uh, Secretary of Defense Mattis, oh, yeah. walking up with his, you know, his the, mad uh, his, the mad dog with the Secret Service Brigade, and then right after him comes Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark, is walking up the tunnel, random. So I went from Mattis <laughs> to Mark Wahlberg in a span of just like I don't know, ten seconds. Like that's a really weird ten seconds to go from the Secretary of Defense to Mark Wahlberg, and that's that was the last time. I, I just hope Wahlberg did not have. The, He's a the little secret, guy. The secret agent. He didn't have the secret okay, agent. He good. had a couple boys with him. It was okay. like, a, yeah, it's a real life entourage moment. But no, he he's a sh- he's definitely a smaller guy. But he's jacked. really he's really jacked. But Kyle, you're tall though. You're kind of tall. I am kind of tall, tall, but still, like he's I was. But most famous dudes are kind of shorter than you realize. You're right though. They they're really are. They are. But he's yoked. I'll give him that. He he is definitely yoked. It's just. I mean, I went, it's easier when you're shorter. It is. All right, we got to go. I I like it's this is late. It's past my bedtime. 
Oh, dude, my bad, man. <laughs> I'm over here drinking no, a little bit, having my beer. I, all, I'm just enjoying myself. It's all good, you know man. It's all good. No, we got to go. This was fun, man. We'll do it again in a couple Always, days. Always, man. Let's do it. There you go. Roman Harper. I'm hey, Kyle man, Bailey. I can't wait, man. SEC Nation this weekend, bro. I got a fly suit. I'm ready. I just, I'm just really ready for SEC football to kick off oh, wait in college minute. football. Let's get it going. Yep. I just I'm, I just want to see some results. I'm tired of forecasting. I want to see games and now be able to react. Well, let's do this. We'll get together on Sunday and we'll recap SEC Nation and the first weekend of SEC football. Let's do it. I'm we'll down. do that. We'll do that. All right. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. We'll talk to you next time.